Blog Talk Radio. In case you missed it, here's a clip from last week's Fantasy Jester Show. Still waiting. Still waiting for that clip. This is what happens when it loads in and it's still sitting there loading and loading. Loading and loading. Loading and loading. It may or may not ever play. It doesn't seem like it ever will, folks, it, and that's all right. Nab had, had some physical <laughs> tools, okay? Other than being a tool, he actually had some physical tools as well. <laughs> Alex Smith has a wet noodle for an arm, okay? He makes Chad Pennington look like Dan Marino. So let's let's just be realistic about that. When you can say you turned Alex Smith fantasy relevant, you lead with your best foot. That's your best foot. And if you're Rex Ryan, you stay away from feet completely. You know, and I'll tell you, that's how you lead off. That's how it was supposed to lead off, and I think that is fantastic. You know, last week we broke that out as JT's intro, and it really just shows you some of the funny laughs that we have. You know, obviously, it's the fantasy jester show. I hit the fantasy jester, and we talk fantasy stats, but we talk a lot of laughs here. How's everybody doing tonight? Absolutely gorgeous night. Coming to you from Leesburg, Florida. It's absolutely beautiful tonight. Hope it's just as nice wherever you're tuning in tonight. Kick back, sit down, relax. We're going to give you two hours. Who, us? Show off? Nah, not us. Two hours. It says here, we are going meat and potatoes on you all this week. That's right. Coming to you on Blog Talk Radio. Crystal clear sound. Thanks to FantasyJesterSports.com. We are going to go ahead and give you no guest tonight. There won't be a guest on the show. We're going to go ahead and give you the best of what we got, which is two hours straight of JT and myself. You know, we're going to talk a little baseball probably. We'll get probably a word or two in there. But tonight, we're going full fantasy football for you all. I'm on that Facebook group, year-round fantasy football discussions. You can go check us out over there. Some great people over there. JT, you can find him at Fez437 on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, fantasy underscore jester, and all that good stuff. After this live podcast, you can catch us archived everywhere you find your podcast, your sports podcast. Enjoy. Tonight, recap wide receivers, recap tight ends. I dropped a fantasy bomb that minutes before the show. If you're on Facebook over at the Fantasy Jester page on Facebook or at the year-round fantasy football discussions group, I dropped my list. PPR football rankings. And <laughs> Ooh, boy, I'll tell you, if you don't put the expected Number one and number two, at number one and number two, and you think, unlike every other podcaster out there, sports analyst on NFL Network and all that, oh my God, 
Oh my God. I can imagine what my phone's going to look like after this show. I'm going to, Lucy, you have some splaining to do. I'll splain. I'll splain all day. I'll splain all day. I, I know what's coming. Folks, if you haven't listened to the show, you're new to all this, okay? Welcome aboard. Love having you. Understand that my co-host and I don't always agree. We don't always see eye to eye. But make no mistake, in that, you're dealing with two people that you don't want to meet in a fantasy league. Anybody who has played us will tell you that. There is no joke. This isn't just about playing free leagues, folks. This is about teaching all of you. You know, if you're new to fantasy sports, maybe you're playing in some free leagues. Maybe you're just starting to dabble in some money leagues. Stick around. We'll be able to go ahead. We're going to talk players. Talk Maybe talk a little strategy as we're talking players for you to look at. But for sure, without a question, you're going to find out why the Fantasy Justice Show is the fastest NFL podcast out there right now. We have that one-two punch. We have the beard. Nobody has the beard. Fear the beard. You know who else? You know, normally right about now, I like to get into a rant. Not going to waste time. I want to get the show going. We've got some great, great stuff for all of you tonight. If you are a football fan, if you're a fantasy football player, stick around, listen to what we're about to throw down. And I'm about to bring in a guy I have explained to everybody is the encyclopedia of sports. My co-host. My brother, through everything that we have done on air together, the one, the only, coming to you from Texas tonight, Jason Townsend. JT, what's up, man? How are you? Jester, I'm doing good. You know, we got our big big draft tomorrow. Got another night of talking fantasy football. Um, Can't beat it. I mean, this is the best time of year for me. I love the other fantasy sports, but football's always been near and dear to my heart, and I'm ready to go on this. But, you know, I do have to say one thing before we get to this. See, okay. you know, at the end of the show last week, you, you brought up three letters, three letters that are a blast from a not-so-distant past, but a little bit of a past for us. F-X-E. You're going to elaborate on that? You can still leave us hanging like you have for a week. F-X-E, for those of you who don't know, is Florida Extreme Entertainment wrestling uh we did it for charity we did a couple of things for wrestling and um yeah we kind of did talk about that at the end of the show didn't we uh like mm-hmm. like last minute you threw that at me yeah, and very. i wasn't expecting it and thanks for throwing it at me right now i'd forgotten that we had talked about that um yeah catch me later in the show we'll talk about it more i, I just want to really i really do want to get to the uh the whole football scene to be honest with you um, we'll, we'll get into that later on Florida Extreme Entertainment folks Wrestling, go check it out uh, we'll, We've got a lot to talk about there too We will get into that um, 
Sarah Kelly was on. She kind of dropped the bomb, right. uh, JT, if you will, of her oh, own. Yeah. Uh, let's recap I mean, for everybody. Go ahead. Listen, listening to her, uh, you know, kind of making me want to avoid Mr. Aaron Rodgers in in my uh, yearly and dynasty leagues at this point. So uh, she had some interesting things to say. You know, for me, and for those of you who've missed it, go back and listen. It's an incredible interview. Uh, Sarah Kelly, PA-C, on the show going into, she's done this surgery before, fixed the shoulder uh, like Aaron Rodgers has had. And I went into it looking to prove that he would be okay and discount what I had read uh, somewhere else that, you know, there's a 37% chance where, he could get injured again, and mm. I'm trying to help prove the Aaron Rodgers case, and wow, uh, I got something completely different out of it, and uh, all I can say is Aaron Rodgers' owners, be wary, maybe try and work deals. I, I Somebody, after that, I couldn't hold them in, and that's not me. I mean, listen, you don't listen to me on the medical advice part, okay? That's right. why we have her, and that's why she's called the expert. And uh, go listen to the interview. I'll tell you what. Don't listen to me on it. Go listen to the interview. Go listen to what Sarah Kelly has to say. It is her field. And then make up your mind on whether or not you want to continue owning Aaron Rodgers. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other bomb... The other bomb, let's see, what what was the other one? Yeah, that's, we uh, you know, we're talking football here. Let's let's get into mm. the meat and potatoes, as you call it. Your mm. running back list that you posted uh, right before the show. Now, you know, I don't know if you're All hanging right. out with, uh, are you hanging out with the Coronas tonight? Or, you know, I mean, you got you got a little something in the canteen that you're not telling me about. But uh, a little, little curious what you were thinking and why you posted it? Um, well, first of all, right now I have uh, in the cup, it is uh, ice water, actually. I am armed tonight. I am armed tonight. My sugar fix before the show and during the show right now is red licorice. Nope. That, I'm on sugar high. That's about it tonight, folks. Sorry. <laughs> Um, okay. No, and we'll get into that. I did. I dropped the bomb uh, running backs before the show. And uh, listen, we'll give a whole. We're going to give our whole uh, running back list in a moment. Why don't we go ahead? Just give a quick recap. I, I know we didn't. We missed one on the receivers, folks. Last week um, we talked wide receiver NFC boom, and uh, Nick gave Thielen. I, I, I'm feeling digs on that uh, of the two. And JT gave Sterling, which, boy, I'll tell you, watching that preseason game and seeing how Webb was able to find that kid nicely on the sideline, right? not just Sterling, makes you feel good about what's behind Eli. Right. Absolutely. No, we had, gotta like it. Big Blue's got a couple of good quarterbacks back there. But Sterling, I, I'm starting to pay attention. You know, I got if it, folks. If you go back and listen, I wasn't exactly, and it's a Giants thing. I wasn't completely sold on this NFC boom Sterling by JT, but it's starting to get some traction with me. I like. Uh, I'm starting to like that one. We had NFC bust. 
you and I both uh, went Jeffrey over Cooks. Right. NFC sleeper, he went Crowder, and uh, I'm still sleeping on that one. And, uh, no, you gave a fantastic pick, folks. This is one that I highly, highly endorse. Uh, Matter of fact, I went out and talked about it on Instagram and on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, After you mentioned this, JT, I took a further look at it, and I completely agree with you. Uh, Goodwin is really a fantastic sleeper pick for you fantasy folks out there. JT, what, what was that? He had three out of five, you said? That yeah, were 100-yard games? Five games. Were 100-yard games with uh, Jimmy's five, Jimmy Garoppolo's five games. So just you, you look at the kid, you look at the ability, and like we've talked about, this guy was an Olympic track athlete. And if anybody watched the Chiefs game last night and watched Tyreek Hill get behind the defense, this guy can do the same thing. Uh, it very, I mean, when you have world-class speed and you're starting to connect with the franchise quarterback, it, it could make for a very good combination. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Just call me crazy folks. Uh, next, you are he went AFC boom, uh, Demarius Thomas. Uh, I don't, uh, I think his boom left the uh, left the launch pad a couple of years ago on Demarius. Well, hey, you wait went... now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Don't forget, that's not only 25 targets a game, or 25% of the targets. Oh, no, not that. Too. Oh, my Lord. Folks, uh, yeah, he went all new math on my ass. I'm going to tell you right now. Folks, let me explain something to you why I'm into stats and numbers and all that. I happen to be a math major. I ran out of uh, math courses in high school, stuff like that. It's just always been numbers. And when you can lose me, talking about numbers, Nick did his job there. He had me completely in a circle, all new math out, somehow came up with Demarius Thomas. And if that works out, if that works out, I'm almost willing to bet the blue beard on that one, folks. You went Juju. So of the two, I, I went Juju as well. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, when it, obviously for the AFC, you know, I was looking at a couple of different people. But my my sleeper was Corey Davis. I, I, again, right. I think that kid right there. Uh, was somebody fantastic as a sleeper, AFC sleeper. He gave Kelvin Benjamin, uh, which, you know, could could be. Does he finally do something that nobody's expecting? I don't know. But you gave a kid, and, and actually weren't, wasn't able to give a kid, but you had mentioned a young man from the next town over from me in Teaneck, New Jersey. Uh, go ahead. Your sleeper in the AFC well, you know, I want to talk about a wide receiver that was a top 24 wide receiver last year in fantasy, and a lot of people don't realize that. Kid from Temple University, mm-hmm. Robbie Anderson of the New York Jets, guy that averaged 14.9 yards catch last year, just over 960 yards, seven touchdowns. You got a kid that had no quarterback to speak of whatsoever. You got to like what you've seen from Sam Darnold so far. There is a looming possible suspension for this kid for an off-the-field incident uh, during the offseason. 
I'm talking if he plays a 16-game schedule, I can see a nice mid to high wide receiver two for this kid. Uh, if he does miss a couple games, maybe more like a wide receiver three. But I'm looking at a guy that's trending up, a guy that nobody's looking at in drafts, a guy that you can get um, you know, mid-rounds, even late rounds in some of the mocks I've seen. But I think this kid goes over 1,000 this year, and I can see double-digit touchdowns for the Jets because, let's be honest, Curse, Anunwa, Pryor, none of those guys are screaming anything whatsoever. I mean, I don't even think about those guys. There's one guy on that team you got to watch. It's Robbie Anderson, and the kid knows how to get open. Yeah, and uh, like I said, I like that. I thought that was uh, interesting. Somebody that, you know, doesn't – the Jets don't get a lot of respect for fantasy players normally and not getting a lot of looks their direction. That is somebody – that uh, definitely could be a nice little sneaky play. Going ahead, he gave – let me ask you something. You know, we, we talked about this briefly, and you gave Watkins as a, uh, as a bust, and I'm kind of with you. Mm-hmm. He gave Josh Gordon. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just he, – here's the problem I have with that, folks. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, people are wondering where he's been, and he's finally back at camp and all that. And, you know, JT last week had mentioned about that maybe it's keeping him away from the HBO cameras. But I want to throw something to you and something for people to chew on, the guy that we're talking about. Once upon a time in 2013, he had 1,646 yards. Now, he did that in 14 games. And he did that with Brandon Whedon, Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer. Those QBs would make me want to drink too, folks. And that young man still went and did that in 14 games with those quarterbacks. What will a motivated with a better quarterback Josh Gordon do this year? I I'm sorry. I don't see him a, a, as a as a bust to you. No, it's it's I mean, you look at what he did in 5 games last year. I think he averaged just over 80 yards a game with the cluster of quarterbacks that they had with the Browns last season between Deshaun Kaiser, um, you know, Kel, uh, Kessler, I mean, you name it. It just he had nothing last year. Still 80 plus yards a game after a couple year layoff. I just can't see how any defense isn't going to try to double down on Jarvis Landry. You got Duke coming out of the backfield. You talked about Njoku on your list last week for tight ends. Mm -hmm. There's just so many weapons. I just don't see this guy drawing a lot of double coverage at this point. Uh, And the guy's an athlete. He catches the ball well, and he runs extremely well afterwards. He's almost like a – I'm not saying he's Adrian Peterson, but he's Adrian Peterson-like in – this guy becomes a runner when he gets the ball in his hands, and he's not easy to bring down. Right, right. No, without a question. And that's how I feel about, see, that's how people, I'm sorry. Uh, how are you guys all sleeping on Corey Davis, and why is he going 25th? This is a guy, all right, 2014, 2015, 2016 in college. Did not catch less than 1,400 yards a season. Did not have less than 12 touchdowns in a year. How did everybody forget him? 
I, uh, there's a new offense there. There's a new uh, offense in place. It is not as vanilla. They have a better see, offensive line. They're right, going to have time. Right. And I, I just, agree with you on his talent. Completely mm-hmm. agree with you on his talent. I don't okay. think he's got the quarterback to get him the ball enough to put up those kind of numbers. If you if you put him with another quarterback, a, a, a better quarterback, I think this yeah. kid's a, a you know a, a top receiver in the NFL. He's got that kind of talent. He runs great routes. He catches the ball well, and he runs well after the catch. I just don't think he's got the quarterback that can feed him the ball. Now, when you say that about Mariota, have you lost uh, confidence in him, or did you just never have confidence in him to begin with? I've actually, you know, you look at some of these quarterbacks, the Achilles Smith types, the Marcus Mariotas that have come out of Oregon University, have all been very gifted athletes. They're better runners than they are quarterbacks, or they're better athletes than they are quarterbacks. You know, everybody wants that mobile quarterback these days. I kind of miss the days of the uh, the Dan Marinos and the Joe Montanas and the Dan Fouts that would just sit in the pocket and pick you apart. I think if this guy had a better quarterback, because you look at Mariota, he's a great athlete, but he, how many 300-yard games has this guy got in his career? I mean, there's not many. Uh, and we're not talking rush yards here. We're talking just straight passing ability. And then I look at what Mike Vrabel's talking about running with his offense. I think they're going to run the, run the wheels off of Derrick Henry and, uh, and Lewis <laughs> in that backfield. That's just, you know, that's just what I see. I think Corey Davis is immensely talented. I just don't have faith in his quarterback. No. And that's where I, I think we disagree a little bit. I don't see him as an elite quarterback. I see him as better than he was last year, uh, for sure. Quarterback again, mid two. Again, here's the thing. It's hard to judge. I mean, I, I keep going back to this. Look at what a crappy line does to a two-time Super Bowl winner in Eli. It just, it doesn't, it, you got to have the line. I can't judge 100% on him until I want to see this offense and I want to see him making the reads. I want to see him having the time to make that read. See, I can't you, tell if he's reading. I can't tell if he knows how to read a play if he doesn't have time to read. There's a term that people used to use for Randall Cunningham back in the day, and I see it with this kid. He's got happy feet. He doesn't take time to go through his progressions. He may go one read, two read, he runs. He's got happy feet. He wants to run the ball. He's had Michael to. Vick used I, to do the same thing. Nah, I think he's I, had he doesn't to. Keep, he, but he doesn't keep his eyes downfield either. We're looking at a guy that's had injury history as well over his career. Guy that's a little bit fragile when you look at his game and you look at the injury list of injuries this kid's had. Again, I just don't see it. It's another Pac-12 quarterback. I mean, I hate to say it. It's funny that you uh, that you saying that about um, him, and yeah, you like Mahomes. Anyway, um, well, as we saw the other night, Mahomes can actually throw the ball down the field, but you know, <laughs> tight end, boom, NFC. He went Graham, you went Rudolph, I went Ingram. I, I have Ingram on my list at three folks, possibly could go, could end up being 
the best tight end, and that's that's Ooh. hard. The only reason why I stay away from that, here's why. You know, no, here's a crappy reason. I have him three on my list, and I have him. He could be one, okay? And I stay away from it simply because people go, Homer. No, 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 no. I'm not calling Homer. I'm just I'm calling BS. There's no. You way don't think he's talented there. enough? No. I didn't say no. He's the third option at best on that team as far as the passing goes. At best, he's the third option, and that's not counting Saquon. He's the second option. I count Saquon out of the backfield. He's, third he's the second look option. At that, look at the opposite. Look at the offense that Shermer runs. He's not does ignore the tight end, but he doesn't feature the tight end, which is why they're splitting Shepard outside a lot. If you watch some of the reps so far in the games and what they're doing, it's going to be Odell Shepard, then. Maybe Ingram, but I think Saquon's going to have a lot to say about that. Where do you feel? Okay, so you don't think the third best tight end is possible? I'm not saying it's not possible. I just don't see it. I, I don't have him in my top five. What? Who do you have ahead of him? I mean, you got to look down the road. Obviously, I have Rudolph in front of him. you got, you got to have Travis Kelsey in front of him. Plain and simple. I know you guys called Greg Old. You have Rudolph ahead of, ahead of him based again, on what? I look at what Rudolph's done in the system he's had, and I look at the quarterback that Rudolph's got, and I look at the offense that Rudolph's got. Rudolph's been a guy that's been targeted. Rudolph's a guy that's in the red zone that's going to catch nine or ten touchdowns. He's a guy that's out there. I mean, we've had one year of, of tape on, on Mr. Ingram, and that was a year without Odell, a year with no running game and a crappy line. So I want to see what Mr. Ingram can do when there's other targets out there. They're going to be demanding the football. Because Let me ask you honest, something. Hold year, on. Mm-hmm. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Let, let me get with Rudolph for a second. All right. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, let's go over the numbers on him real quick. 93 mm-hmm. targets, mm-hmm. 63 receptions, 611 yards, 10 touchdowns. Okay. Where do you have me wrong? Where do I have you wrong? 93 targets. 93 targets. 63 receptions. Okay. 611 yards. I'm trying to figure out where this is a bad thing. Where is this a bad thing? Where is that not top five production right there? I have it listed as seventh. I mean, you know. I, that's what I have. I say potato on that one, my friend. That's also I have Ertz Kirk ahead of him. That's without Kirk Cousins. Ertz, yeah, that's Ertz Ertz that my prediction includes Kirk Cousins. It's this Ertz year. Ertz may not even have a quarterback week one, as Mr. Nick Foles hurt his throwing shoulder the other night, and Carson Wentz doesn't look like he's ready yet. So, you know, we've talked about that. We don't know what the quarterback the situation is going to be in Philadelphia for Zach Ertz. But I'm looking at Kirk Cousins, a guy that likes to throw the tight end position, a guy that can lead the tight end, and a guy that knows how to throw the football quite a bit better than what they had last season. Keenan had a nice 67% completion percentage. How many of those were to Jarek McKinnon, Dalvin Cook before he got hurt, underneath type of thing? Kyle Rudolph's going to surprise you. Now, you, you brushed out those stats. Give me the stats the year before when Sam Bradford was there because I think Sam Bradford's a little bit more of a pure passer in the mold of Kirk Cousins. Do, do you have the year from 2016 stats on that? Um, I could. Let me see. Uh, 
while we're doing that, let me uh, ask you. You you don't feel I had mentioned Olsen as a bust. You don't have him as a bust. And now, mind you, when we're doing this list, I know you talked about him getting hurt, which is why you have him as a bust. I'm looking at it as if these guys play a 16-game schedule. I still think Olsen's got another year in. I think Olsen's still a top-five guy. I look at Funchess outside who took some steps forward last year. Curtis Samuel starting to show a little bit this preseason in, uh, in what they thought they were getting when they drafted him in the second round last year. You right. know, you DJ Moore, he's a rookie. I want to see what he does against, you know, some top-tier competition before I'm ready to crown him, as uh, Dennis Green would say. So, at this point, I still think Greg Olson, top five tight end. All right. Uh, okay, so you think – let me – all right, so let me expound on that one real quick before we get back to Kyle. Uh, you think Olson is going to make the whole year? Yes or no? On my prediction, I'd like to say yes, because that's what I have it going, what I'm based off of. He got hurt last year. I think he got dinged up the year before. But you got to look at it this way. He missed quite a bit of time last season. So you'd think he's had plenty of time to heal and heal properly. So at this point, up to, let's say, the last year or two, he's been a pretty healthy guy in Chicago and in Carolina. So I'm going to go ahead and bank on him that he makes a full season this year. Kyle Rudolph. Okay, I said 93 targets. He's only had 93 targets or better once. Oh, he had 90. Actually, he had 93 targets and 132 in his career. So he's. Okay. I'm calling for almost career high in targets. Receptions, I'm calling for 63, which be which would be second best in his career. The 611. In yards would be his second best in his career. The 10 touchdowns would be son of a bitch. Where are they? Uh, that would be career best. So with him having a career best, I have him at seven, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what are we looking at on 2016? Did, did the uh, minions get you that yet? Yeah, what did you do one from 2016? That's when he had 132 targets. He's never had more than 93 other than that. Right, but in 2016, we're talking about a guy, 132 targets, 83 catches, 840 right. yards, seven touchdowns. We're talking about a guy that, again, had Sam Bradford that season, who, again, is a lot more of a pocket passer in the mold of a Kirk Cousins and I think a better thrower of the football than what you saw last year in Minnesota. So when I see a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, which is a lot more like that, I think you're going to see more out of Kyle Rudolph, which is why I have him as the boom tight end for the NFC. And you want to hear something about that? His catch percentage was his worst that year at 62.9. Right. And he's still looking that's, at you're still looking at the 83 balls. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, and you have him. You have him ahead of Ingram for sure. All right. Yes. You have Gronk ahead of him, I'm sure. Yes. Kelsey. Kelsey. All right. Mm-hmm. At this point, I don't think Olsen belongs in front of him as well. Wow. All right. Uh, moving along, let's get to sleepers. He said Ben Watson. I, I don't – I'm sleeping there. He might be uh, asleep so, by this time of night. Ben Watson's so old, he's sleeping by this time of night. So he's accurate in, 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 in some of what he has to say. I remember when Ben what never mind. Uh, you've got Ricky Seals Jones as your NFC sleeper. 
I have uh, Mr. Hooper. You want to give why you have Mr. Seals Jones? I saw I saw a little, you know, I got to see a little bit about him towards the end of the year. I like his athleticism. He runs nice routes. He blocks fairly well, too, so I don't see him coming off the field. Nice big target. And, again, we just got done talking about Sam Bradford. Well, who's quarterback right now in Arizona? Sam Bradford, a guy that likes to use the tight end position. This kid's got the athleticism. He'll run the proper routes. And let's be honest, Larry Fitzgerald's getting up there. After him, I think that I think they said the Arizona Cardinals have the most catches to replace after losing guys from last year. 234 catches gone off of last year's team. Those have to go somewhere, and it's not going to be Christian Kirk. Let's be real. If you saw this kid's combine or his pro day, he's a nice player, but I just don't see this guy when the lights come on week one as being a factor. So I think it's going to be Larry Fitz, David Johnson, and Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, I could see a lot in the middle of the field for him, especially with Sam Bradford throwing the football. Are you concerned about a suspension? At this point, you never know what Roger Goodell's going to do. I mean, you can be you can be innocent, actually found innocent like Ezekiel Elliott was last year, and still get a six-game ban. So who knows what the czar, the Emperor Palpatine himself, does? I, I don't even want to bring up Roger Goodell at this point, but we'll see. It's hard to tell anymore. And you know, folks, we have. We've said it before, and I'll say it again. I mean, Ricky Seals-Jones was charged with assault, disorderly conduct, okay? And, yeah, you don't know. He may or may not get a suspension because, hey, listen, Zeke apparently didn't do a damn thing. He got games. Eli Manning, and I love my team, but Eli Manning can go ahead, okay, make a deal on a fraud case. And uh, right. I believe he started. Mm-hmm. Just saying. It's Just a thing I throw that out. Well, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Worst, second worst commissioner in sports, but it's getting close. It really is. I thought Batman had him beat by a mile, and uh, that mile's gotten a lot shorter. <laughs> oh, it has. Uh, yeah, listen, I gave Hooper uh, simply because uh, a couple of people have wondered why, and I have him, you know, I have him on my, believe it or not, I have him on my top 10 at number nine because I think he takes that step up. I, I believe, you know, having Ridley there will be nice and all that, okay? okay? And obviously, you know, Jones, I expect Jones to still be Jones and actually get a couple more touchdowns than he had last year. But I, when I look at this guy, you know, Besides looking at the diff, the jump in targets from the first year to the second year, you know, the first year, 27, the second year, 65, okay? So, you know, Matt getting a little bit more used to him. You got to remember, this is a young kid. He's 23 still. We don't know his ceiling, all right? This right. is a guy who he finished third amongst all tight ends in the 40-yard dash, fourth in the bench press, he was fifth in the three-cone drill. He was sixth in his group in vertical jump. You're talking about an athlete here. He is, he is just an athlete, and he is 6'4", 245. I'm putting him down for 60 catches on 80 targets. Listen, if he progressed from 27 to 65, another 15 on that, one more game, less than one more game. It is a good a good guess for 
80 targets. Now, based on what he's been doing so far, his percentages, I'm giving him about 60 catches, 672 yards, six touchdowns. So where that fits in your system and and where uh, you have it for your league, folks, that's, that's what I say based on the young man's talent, his potential. He's 23, JT. I mean, we have okay, no yeah. clue what this kid's ceiling is. We really don't. Well, no. And, and honestly, I have him in, in the two leagues you and I playing together in Dynasty Leagues. Drafted this kid as a rookie. Uh, you know, comes out of Stanford. Obviously, the kid has some intelligence. Shouldn't have any problem picking up a difficult playbook. I love the kid. I think the kids have been going to burst on the scene. I don't disagree with you. I would say, though, I think there's one other factor that's going to be needed to make him a top tight end, and I think that's either going to be Muhammad Sanu gets hurt or Julio Jones is going to have to get hurt to see a, a big bump in fantasy relevance. I think you're going to see an increase, and he's still going to be relevant. I just think to get that big bump up, that next tier, I think one of those two guys are going to have to go down with an injury. I think, I think we're going to see – a much more pass happy Atlanta team because they have they the talent to. to. Yeah, uh, I see that. I I see that, and why not? They have the talent, but I also see this. You know, you mentioned Julio. I see an Atlanta team, not that far off, next year maybe, where the two guys catching the ball are Hooper and Ridley, because Sanu. Could be. And Julio are gone. You're seeing the names yeah, of the yeah. future. Austin Hooper is one of the names of the future for you Falcon fans. No doubt. AFC? Boom? Well, Austin Safari and Jenkins for Boom for Nick, which isn't bad. That's just the scheme doesn't normally call for it. Is he talented enough to be a boom, to be a surprise, and to go way above what his ADP is now? Without a question. I just don't know if the scheme's going to call for it. It normally hasn't so far in Jacksonville. We'll see if that changes. You took Doyle? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw a guy that had a – Look, at I mean, drastic increase last year in catches and yards. uh, The more playing time he got – with Jacoby Brissett. We know that when Kobe Fleener was there, Andrew Luck loved to light up his old college roommate, the tight end position, and it looks like we got a healthy Andrew Luck who's slinging the ball around with some authority. So at this point, you lose a Dante Moncrief. You still got T.Y. Hilton. You know, there's some other question marks, in my opinion, at that wide receiver position. I think Doyle's going to be uh, and Mr. Luck's best friend, and I can see him catching 85, 90 balls. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, I like that prediction because uh, I have Doyle, and this is over you were smart enough to just. I'm sorry. You were smart enough to go get him for cheap too. Yeah, I got a couple people for cheap. Couple of rolls of the dice. When it's that cheap, I really it doesn't matter if you hit great. If not, right. Um, yeah, uh, we'll talk about one of those players later. But anyway, because uh, I think he he's screwed, but for a whole different reason. Uh, we'll get into that. Jack Doyle, folks. Um, yeah, it's funny because over on FantasyJesterSports.com, you'll go check out my tight end article, and I have Doyle listed as eight. And what did you say for receptions? I could see him catching 80, 85, 90 balls in that range. I mean, 
look at the jump the guy had last year with a much, I hate to say it, less talented quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. I, and not to mention, you look at the offensive line and Quentin Nelson that was added. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be a big year for him. Ask me how many I had. What do you got for him? Give me yards, give me, <laughs> give me catches, give me touchdowns. Huh, funny you should ask. I have uh, I have uh, 110 targets. I put them down for 86 receptions. Ah, okay. Hey, Se- hmm. 756 yards, 10 touchdowns. I have him as eighth think, yeah. on my on my quarterback list, right behind Mr. I love Reed. it. I love it. I love it. I think that's that's very much within the realm of a good, distinct possibility. And again, at worst, in my opinion, you look in that passing offense, he's the number two option behind T.Y. Hilton. And who do you think is going to draw double coverage? So who do you think is going to draw single coverage? So I'm excited for him this year. Well, as much as he – listen, folks, <laughs> don't go, oh, well, look, at there he goes, agreeing with the host. <laughs> All right, so well, let's go to number four on my list uh, and my AFC boom. I have David Njoku as my number four, yeah. folks. Excuse me. That was JT falling over, folks. And uh, he clearly does not agree with me when I say uh, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, okay? It doesn't uh, matter I who said, the quarterback is. It's because it's the system. Yeah. Haley is not going to utilize that tight end to make him the number you four. You are out of your board. Head. You're out of Show your board. And don't give me Tony Gonzalez this time because that guy. Why? How does Tony, Tony Gonzalez, Gonzalez not count? Stop. How does, how does no, giving Tony Gonzalez not count? Oh, no, 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 no. Let the, let's, when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut, as one of our favorite wrestlers would say. So here's the problem with that. This kid couldn't carry Tony Gonzalez's jockstrap, okay? When you have a guy like Tony Gonzalez, you have to utilize him. But other than Tony Gonzalez, show me. When Mr. Todd Haley has utilized he, the tight end position enough to make a guy a top five tight end. He hasn't had a tight end. Heath Miller and he still was doesn't. an elite. Heath Miller wasn't He's elite. He's better than this guy. He's better than this Heath guy. Heath Miller's not better. Heath Miller might be a better blocker than this guy. He's not a more talented I'm telling you athlete. right now, when it's, okay, um, minions, make sure you mark this down. <laughs> Heath when Miller wasn't running a 4-4. Heath Miller wasn't running matter. a four four nine. Heath Miller wasn't wasn't high jumping six eleven. Last time I Come checked, Javon Austin runs like a four two, but that doesn't make him a wide receiver. Tony Gonzalez wasn't running a four four nine. And, he, and Tony Gonzalez he catch a football. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. You're you're crazy. This guy won't even make top ten. Book it. Sixty eight receptions. Sixty eight receptions. You don't see him getting sixty eight receptions. You don't see Over him being a, a red zone target. If we're talking career numbers, maybe. Career numbers. Oh, my Lord. Both quarterbacks have gone to him extensively in both preseason games in the, in the red zone, inside the 20. They, the they, they, they are clearly making right him now. their security blanket for these young guys. That is a vanilla offense right now. Uh-uh. I'm not sorry. You you know what you're doing. I've Your reasoning is vanilla. That's fine, Come but that on. doesn't make me wrong. That doesn't make me wrong. Hey, here we go. Put it out there to the people old. listening. Put it out there to the people listening. Chime in. Are you going with Jester and going top four with this our number four with David and Joku for your fantasy tight end this year? Oh, okay. Are you going here. with me 
Because there's nobody. I'm going to tell you right now. I'll, I'll tell you what. I will concede that there is nobody on the planet. Nobody on the planet is going in Joku at four. I'm good with that. Nobody on. Let me explain something to you. Nobody on the planet, okay, was also going a lot of other things that I've done. Whether it was Jimmy Graham in 2011, the one my wife stole. Guy played five five games, started five games the year before. Here I am giving Jimmy Graham, everybody thinking I'm nuts. Mrs. Jester's stealing him. He gets 13-10 that year. It's not the first time I've been called nuts. Let me ask you you something. Didn't you? Hold on a second. Hold on. You're witness to this because you've called me hinky. Matter of fact, you called me hinky on on air last year. When I said Mitch Trubisky would start week six, you said that was hinky. And I call that before the season started, you thought I was a lunatic then. You thought I was a lunatic for Charles Clay being a top tight end. And I said up until week six, and what happens? He gets sick. He he gets hurt. He's out week six. Okay. Not only was he a top tight end in fifth overall at that time, but he also uh-huh. went out the same week I said, come on, it's not uh-huh. the first time you've called me nuts. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because you are nuts. But first and foremost. That's right true, now, but that doesn't mean I'm wrong. Answer. If you could say oh, it for no, vanilla, no. I could say it for nuts. Hey, all of, now answer this question there. And uh, Who's the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns right now? Right now? Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, who's been announced? It's already been announced. Oh, I, I don't who's know. Hugh Jackson, who? your boy, Hugh Jackson. The, you went back to 2007 with Hugh. You went back to 2010 with Hugh. Who did Hugh Jackson say was starting? Tyrod Taylor. Show me at any point in Tyrod Taylor's career that he's had a receiver catch more than 60 balls because it hasn't happened. Um, what are you talking about? You called 68 catches for David Njoku. Tyrod Taylor mm-hmm. has never had a receiver catch more than 60 balls as a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen with David Njoku this year either. Who's he had that is well, anywhere Nick, near the talent? He's got Nick Sleeper. Kelvin Benjamin's at least as talented as this guy. Really? You think Benjamin – you put Benjamin – and Njoku together? Njoku. You really wrong, think Njoku's man. that kind of talent? I'm a Hurricane fan, man. I'm keeping it real. The only thing him and Jimmy Graham have in common is they both played at the U. That's it. And I think Jimmy Graham's a system tight end. Drew Brees made that kid. So let's just be real. I'm sorry. Njoku is not a, a 40 balls tops. Let's go with bust. All right, let's go. Let's keep going because we got to get the running backs and all this stuff yet. We got running time here. Bust. He's got Vance McDonald. You have Eifert. I have Walker. Nice. I still think I like they're all right. No, I like that. I like that. No, no, I'll give you that. Now, I just jumped on you for Njoku. I like that on Walker. See, that's, that's hanging your balls out there, but I agree because I think Johnny Smith's going to hurt that kid quite a bit. Uh, I think Lewis out of the backfield is going to hurt that kid quite a bit. So, and then Corey Davis, like you said, we both said he's immensely talented. I don't knock that. So, I love that pick. Who did Nick that, uh McDonald. Vance McDonald. Is he even starting? Uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
But here, what we didn't go into is sleeper pick Okay. for the AFC. Mm-hmm. We didn't go sleeper pick tight end. And this is the last one for the tight end, folks, before we move on. You and him. Lay him out there. Well, you and him and I could have agreed. We could have made it a three-way sweep, but I, I, I came off of it just to have somebody else, actually, to be honest with you. But I like the Gasicki pick. Go ahead. You give, you give your Gasicki, and then I'm going to tell you who I had, who I changed it to, and you let me know what you think of him. Go ahead. Uh, you look at a guy that absolutely dominated at the Combine. Again, Combine Warrior, that's fine. The reason he sank a little bit in the draft was he can't block. You flash forward to Adam Gase running this kid with the first-team offense, and what is Adam Gase has repeatedly been yelling at this kid out on the field. We didn't bring you in here to block, pal. We brought you in here to catch touchdowns. You look at, the, at the, all the quarterbacks, whether it's Davis Fales, whether it's Ryan Tannehill, whether it's Brock Osweiler, everybody is lighting this big, physical kid up in the red zone because he goes up, attacks the football at the high point, and he's extremely physical about it. You look at Adam Gase's offense when he had an actual healthy Julius Thomas who had back-to-back 12 touchdown seasons for the Denver Broncos in Adam Gase's offense because he likes to utilize the big body of the tight end in the red zone, and I just see this kid doing it for Miami. I, I, and I do. I, I, I agree. He's looked great in camp. I like the rapport he has with Tannehill. He asks mm-hmm. a lot of questions, and, and Ryan nice. is more than willing to – yeah, he asks a lot of questions. He is extremely eager to learn. He, he, he's like a sponge. And the best is, like I said, Ryan already is the type of quarterback. He's, he, he's not standoffish. He bonds with the mm-hmm. receivers, with the tight ends. He, he, he works with them on a regular end. And he, ha- he just likes to be able to talk. He loves to talk football in general. So, um, you know, can I throw something out there real quick? Because you and yeah. I, I mean, talk about a lightning rod player. You brought up Ryan Tannehill. I just want to throw this out there. For all the shows out there, people have bashed this kid, always saying, oh, he wasn't enough of a leader. He's too quiet. So the reports come out this week that he threw a couple players off the field for bonehead plays and asserted himself as a leader in that huddle. And what's happening? Oh, who the hell? He doesn't have the right to be that. I mean, are you kidding me? I saw that. I thought I was the only one that realized that. It is the God's honest truth. You know, he's not a leader, then he leads. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, come on. He just can't win. We'll talk about Tannehill later because, yeah, um, we'll be talking about Tannehill later, I promise you. No, listen, I got to go AFC, um, my AFC sleeper. And, you know, you mentioned big bodies. Uh You mentioned Denver. I'm going to mention a guy that's six foot five, two forty six, out of Michigan. Jake Butt, Ooh. kid that should kid would have been a top first, probably a mid to late first round pick. It hadn't been for a knee injury in the bowl game that year. So my belief is exactly my belief is that you know um, for all of you know gunslinging Case Keenum, uh, <laughs> I think he's good. Excuse me. Listen, I, I think you're going to see a lot of 
you know, Case Keenan was part of putting up uh, those uh, Kyle Rudolph numbers last year. So uh, mm-hmm. I could see him that was liking... a gunslinger. Come on, man. Gunslinger. He's a gunslinger. It's like saying Chad Pennington was a gunslinger. Oh, poor Chad. Chad had a noodle. He had a wet noodle. Oh, wet noodle. Wet noodle. I'm talking a soggy wet noodle. That thing sat in the water way too long. You know, those noodles that you find the next day in the sink, noodle, kind of like that. Yeah. Anyway, but now yeah, listen, no, I'm going. Minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sorry, I got to say this now because, see, you're picking at it. See, okay, for anyone out there who, you know, is our age, Jester, might remember a game called Earthworm Jim, okay? Basically, this guy's head, a little earthworm, he'd crack his head like a whip, and I'm talking that thing was quick, man. Okay, that's an arm. That's like Brett Favre, okay? Earthworm Jim just cracked the arm, you know? That's what I'm talking about. None of this wet piece of pasta that when you pick it up with a fork, it just hangs there kind of limp, okay? I'm telling you, it makes sense. I'm sorry. Back to our regularly scheduled program. And you have the nerve to ask me what I'm drinking before the show. I, I, I've never had a drink in my life, I, and you know that. Uh, I, you know, I want to believe that up until tonight. I, I, I want to believe I, tonight could be the night that that changes. Okay, wait a minute. This coming from the guy that played the whole Donovan McNabb, Rex Ryan feat thing. How many times I haven't said anything near like that, and it's tonight? Wait a second. Why am I ca- – okay, you know, there's a million things that I could go ahead. I went ahead and I played the African music, okay, for you because you're well-known and highly researched, okay, and I made a joke that you are in Africa right now, okay, and you know what? That wasn't good enough. Then I go ahead. Okay. We've got this. We've got – wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've got this golden little piece for when you're not here. JT, what's up, JT? And, and Joe Jr. Oh. JT and Joe Jr., where are y'all at? Why are y'all not here right now? Why are y'all not here. supporting they the Jags should, right they now? They should be here right they here with my They need to be at practice right now. They missed it. See, I Freaking think we Miles have the Jack. best stuff, whether you're here or not. Yeah, Miles Jack, when right. you're not here, I mean, I think that's great. When you're not here, we've got Miles Jack, at least for a minute uh-huh. there. When you're here, we have Rex Ryan. And CDs and um, and the African music. No, not really. Look, here's the problem. You pre- you re- hold on, okay. you prefer this. <laughs> See, but you can't play that anymore because well, what happened? See, well, what had happened was. Couldn't get the bone in my nose just right when I was hanging out in Wakanda, and it, it's not Wakanda forever because they threw my ass out so fast my head's fun. So we have to come up with something else. They threw you out faster than Omar Kelly. I don't think they'd ever let Omar Kelly in. Nobody even accepts that that guy's any part of anybody, let alone will take credit for him. I got. Hey, you got a problem with that, body. Omar? You got a problem with that, Omar? You know where to find me. <laughs> Just when you think it couldn't get worse, folks, he literally calls out, Omar, meet me after school, 3 o'clock behind the gym. No, no, 2.30. Okay, I like to do my killing before lunch. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
good. Folks, making friends as usual. I'm sure that will be a clip somewhere along the line. And you know damn well I'm recording this one. Oh. Don't blame me this time. You see that, folks? Uh Do not blame me this time. No. I got got, blamed. Wait. Wait. FXE. FXE. You all right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I just I got Folks, this segment's brought to you by Sudafed. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> FXC, no, later man. on. Hit me up. We're on a roll. We're on a roll. We're on a roll. Fantasy right, people right, are loving right, us. Right. Here, I got a quick RB stat as we go ahead. Let's talk running backs, okay? You alluded to That's it good. earlier and the boom and all that. But here, I have a quick stat I just want to throw out to everybody. You know, I've talked about Todd Gurley, and I really do. He might not be number one on my list, okay? But let me tell you, um, folks, he's number two. And there's a reason. You know, most yards from scrimmage before the age of 24 ever in the NFL. Let's take a look, shall we? Before the age of 24, most yards from scrimmage, number one. Barry Sanders. Number two, Clinton Portis. Number three, Edgerin James. Everybody forgets the edge. Not me. Number four, Emmett Smith. Number five, Todd Gurley. Most yards from scrimmage before the age of 24. Fifth all time. For Todd Gurley. Got some nice names around them. It's a yeah, good start. It's a good start. It's a great start. Yeah, great names. Funny Damn. to bring that up, too. You know, my favorite stat in the NFL came with one of those players you just mentioned, Barry Sanders. Everybody you know, remembers him as one of the all-time greats, as do I. One of my favorites to watch. But he's also the running back that has the most carries for a loss in his career as well. That tells you how damn good this guy was to put up the yards he put up while owning that stat. Yeah. You know, the reason why I said that about Edger and James, somebody had asked me, who's the edge? Like, oh, he plays oh. for you too, doesn't he? Oh, oh yeah, fantastic. I love I love his guitar playing. It just brings a whole different style. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Who is Edger and James? I want to. <sighs> anyway, uh, the list, Kamara, I had him first. Before we get into boom and bust, uh, uh, let me go ahead and, uh, you know what? No, screw all that. We'll get to him in a minute. I'm going to make, no, I'm going to make people wait. It's not, it's not, it's not that time yet. See, right now it's AFC oh. boom. It's okay, AFC. No, okay. I, listen, I'll let people keep thinking I'm nuts a little longer. Why not? It wouldn't be no, the first not. time. Well, why not? It's all good. Let's go with AFC RB, our good old running back position, folks. Boom for the NFL. JT, I'll let you go first on this one. And we're looking, we're talking NFC here. Our boom in the We've NFC, got a- I think, this year. AFC. Oh, AFC boom? AFC, I'm sorry. Well, I want to no go worries. to San, uh, former San Diego, now Los Angeles Charger, Melvin Gordon. Mm. And there's several reasons. I I look at a guy, Gordon, last year, 
that really came into his own, stayed healthy, was a factor in the passing game, a factor in the rushing game. I mean, there's really not a lot behind this kid that's, you know, I mean, there's some decent players, you know, Ecklers and those kind of players that are behind him. But I'm looking at a guy that this season you lost Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry was going to be a big part of this offense. You've got Keenan Allen, but let's be realistic. Over the last three seasons, Keenan Allen has averaged eight games played. Okay? That's, there was a seven, there was a one, and then he did play 16 last year. So until I see a little bit more from this guy, I want to see I want to see he can put a couple years together where this kid can play every single game. I think you're going to see a big decline in Phillip Rivers, but I think you're going to see a big increase as Melvin Gordon shifts over to be the leader of this offense, and I see him as the boom running back in the AFC. Hmm. I happen to have him seventh on my running back list, folks. I have him seventh on my list at 1,147 yards, seven touchdowns, 61 receptions, good for 539 yards, four receptions through the air. And, uh, yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think he's going to see a fair share of the ball this year. I'm not completely – and, well, we'll get into the wide receiver situation as we uh, talk later on. I have a feeling – we may see Philip Rivers somewhere. Uh, Swami says we might see Philip Rivers somewhere on a list somewhere. Yeah, I'm going ahead. Listen, AFC boom. I've got to go last year, second round pick. 6'1, 228. He's 22 years old. He caught 88% of the balls thrown to him last year, 30 of 34 for a 9.57 average. The last four games after Thanksgiving, he had 51 rushes for 256 yards, a 5.02 carry, seven of eight receiving for 11.4 per catch. Mr. Mixon in Cincinnati. I'm going to tell you right now, this kid's going to go ahead and finally be able to step up. And one of the things, when you've got a guy that's 6'1", 228, you better be able to run behind, run between the tackles with him. That's what he should be built for, and that's what he is built for, and that's what they got ready for. I believe that going ahead and getting a first-round pick in Billy Price is going to make a, a, a difference, having a, a field general for that line at center, anchoring that center position, creating that hole, being able to run a big guy like that, 22 years old kind of horse, right down the defense's throat. I really believe that th- you're looking at a guy that's going ahead, take over that backfield. You know, one of the things about him, as a freshman in Oklahoma, he was 6.7 a carry. At sophomore, he was 6.8 a carry. But, you know, he stayed pretty steady. The attempts changed. You know, he, he went from 113 attempts as a freshman to a sophomore, 187 attempts. Now, at 187 attempts, he still got 1,274 yards. He had 14 yards per uh, per catch, 14 and a half yards per catch. Okay, the the, the weakness, the weakness at the time was maturity. It knocked him down to a second round. But as as potential three down backs go, 
Mixon and Cook and Fournette were those guys. There was a player comp, and this isn't my comp, folks. This is through the NFL draft. There was a player comp of Le'Veon Bell with this guy. The problem was his head. And it still might be. He's 22 years old. He's still a kid. But I'm telling you, he's a supremely talented kid, a horse to have to bring down. I agree. I got a question for you. God. And this is Mm -hmm. in the interest of, of pointing all this stuff out. So he went out with that concussion in the Pittsburgh game on December 4th. In mm-hmm. stepped Giovanni Bernard, 13 mm-hmm. carries, 77 yards. The next game, 11 carries, 62 yards, 6 catches, 68 yards. He had a clunker against Minnesota. That's a tough defense. 23 for 116 rush, 7 for 52. This is the same game. I mean, you're talking about a guy in Giovanni Bernard that finished the war like a house on fire those last five games of the regular mm-hmm. season. You would think that that with Marvin Lewis, and Marvin Lewis is very loyal to his players, especially ones that do him right, as Gio's done over the last few years. You think Gio cuts into any? I mean, has he earned uh, some sort of share of those touches that, that Mixon would get? I mean, those are some big numbers. Well, yeah, of course, of course. But, you know, when you're looking at the league nowadays, okay, and – does he have a potential to be a three-down back? Yes. Will he be? No, not likely because there aren't many, and especially in his case, in a backfield where he doesn't have to be. You mentioned you've Jeremy got Hill somebody gone. there. Pardon me? Right. And with Jeremy Hill gone, then, yeah. Nope. I'll yeah, like with Hill gone, they split those carries between the two of them, okay? And like I said, you're looking at a good one-two punch there. Does he take enough to hurt Mixon? I, I just think the cream rises to the top on this one. I think Mixon becomes that beast. Becomes okay. that beast. He's six one two twenty eight, solid young man. And I want to see him act like it. And like I said, behind a good center, now you can go ahead and get that punch it right up right. the gut, and you're going to punch it and up I've the gut with him. Yeah, big time. And I've had some people ask me on Twitter about uh, former Hurricane Mark Walton that the Eagles drafted, kind of a Giovanni Bernard clone that they took later in the draft. At this point, guys, he's roster filler. Don't waste your time. It's the Mixon and then, to a lesser extent, the Geo show. So I would ignore Mark Walton in all formats at this point. Uh, What I've been hearing is Walton, probably a practice squad guy is what I've been hearing. Yeah. Uh, moving along, let's go to AFC bust. And it's funny. We have an AFC bust that both of ours, two different guys, both come from the same backfield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I let off last time. You lead off this time. All right. Well, here's the thing. Um, I have Marshawn Lynch as a bust. And you have Mr. Doug Martin. And it's very interesting. See, I went ahead. You mentioned about grabbing somebody cheap on the cheap. I went and grabbed somebody on the cheap in the Dynasty League in in Doug Martin based on one particular fact. I believe that besides his age, I believe that there's no way Marshawn Lynch and John Gruden exist all season long together. 
you're talking about a guy who had problems existing with Pete Carroll, okay, which is like if you can't deal with Pete Carroll, you could find a problem with a mushroom. I mean, to think about the kind of personality, the temperament, watch Marshawn Lynch jake it one play and watch Chucky lose his shit on the sideline and Marshawn just be like, F you, buddy. Because Marshawn does that to everybody anyway. I can see him shutting out Gruden, and I can see Gruden not giving a shit, showing, hey, listen, this is my team, not yours. Watch you ride the bench. So that's why I went with Martin. But. Okay. But. uh, I'm starting to wonder about the Martin play because of Chris Warren. Now, I'll leave you. I'll leave you to go ahead and fill in Doug Martin, and then we'll discuss Warren. Oh, I mean, you look at the you look at the Oakland line. The tackles are in flux. I think that's you still have assembly, you know, Clancy assembly right in the middle there. Uh, you still got Hudson in center. But here's my problem with Mr. Martin. Marshawn Lynch has dropped some lbs finally. It looks like he, you know, maybe he's eating some diet skittles. Who knows? You know, or low sugar skittles. I don't know. He's lost some weight. He looked awful, awful fast the other night. Actually, granted, the play got called back, but I saw some breakaway speed from beast mode. Right now, if you listen to John Gruden, Beast Mode is listed as the starter. Mm-hmm. So he gets first crack. I think oh, you're yeah. going to see a Marshawn Lynch who was embarrassed last year. I think you're going to see a Marshawn Lynch that only has this year left on his contract and already has said he wants to play another year. So we're talking about a player in a contract year. So I think he doesn't pull the old Keyshawn Johnson, okay, take my ball and go home. I think we see a guy that toes the line better than normal. And I think we're seeing a guy that's more talented. Doug Martin's a good player. Doug Martin's not a great player. Doug Martin was a cheap contract still in Tampa Bay, and they see fit to get rid of the muscle hamster for a reason. The guy's never around in the fantasy playoffs. The guy always gets hurt. And let's be real, the guy's really not that good in my opinion. He's a good running back. He's not an above-average running back. So, to me, he's better suited as a change of pace, maybe a pass reception guy, maybe kind of a backup running back number two. I just think Marshawn Lynch has a big year this year to prove the doubters wrong. So it's more of a it's more of a push for Lynch than a knock on Martin. I just think a big mm. year for Lynch is coming, and I think Martin's getting drafted way too high. I I would like to go ahead, Mortimer, and make a trading places bet that Marshawn Lynch Marshawn Lynch is not the starting running back by the end of the year. And if we're talking not due to health, I want to talk about you saying he gets removed. I'm saying that him and and Chucky end up being oil and water. Okay, so you're saying he does the Keyshawn, sends him home and says, I'll pay you just to stay away. Now, you're saying it yourself. It's not like he hasn't done it before. Oh, I know he's done it before, but okay. I, I don't see it going again. What over. better place to do it? it Hold on. No, no, no. What better place to do it than on a team that you're first coming to, okay, with a player that you know isn't the future of the team, but to set Neither the tone of the Chucky dynasty that he's going Neither to try one of and build that. the future of that team. Neither one of those guys are the future of that team. Who? 
Martin or, or Lynch. Oh, no, okay, listen, I'm, I'm willing to go ahead. Like I said, my only reason was filling in uh, Martin because I think uh, Marshawn's not going to last, okay? But I'm seeing past that where I don't think it's going to be Martin either. I'm thinking, you know, Chris Warren, 6'4", 250, is starting to make a name for himself. Remember, this kid right. was behind Dante Foreman in Texas, but he's no slouch. Oh. Okay, how about this for you? Since we're here making predictions, yeah. this time next year, I'll be collecting mm. on this prediction, maybe a little before that, but the running back for the Oakland Raiders this time next year will be yeah. Le'Veon yeah. Bell. <whistles> Book it. Le'Veon what? Bell, and, and think about it. John John Gruden's system takes a guy who's a very poor man's Le'Veon Bell named Charlie Garner and turned him into a star. Similar skill set, really good receiver out of the backfield, good between the tackles, patient runner, and turned that guy into a star in his first trip around Oakland. Oakland tried to trade for him this year, but wasn't able to get something done. I think he signs with Oakland in the offseason. I think the starting running back next year in Oakland – is yet to be drafted. That could be very well, but I'm booking on Le'Veon Bell. I think it's going to happen. Okay. Interesting. I, I, I Listen, you know me. I like the interesting. I, I'm for it. Speaking of interesting is our sleepers. I like I, I like that. Well, go ahead. I'm going to let you give you a sleeper, and then I'm going to tell you why I like it. Go ahead. I mean, we're talking sleepers. I want to talk a uh, team that you were talking about earlier. I want to talk about Derrick Henry. You know, everybody's talking Lewis, Lewis, Lewis. We're talking about a guy in Derrick Henry last year that far outperformed Murray in every sense of the word. Of course, you and I probably outperformed Murray last season. But we're talking about a guy that averaged over five yards a carry, guy that's a better receiver than people realize. There's some sort of stigma that Alabama and LSU running backs don't catch the football. Well, there's this guy named Spencer Ware who proved that wrong in Kansas City a couple years ago. And Leonard Fournette caught 30-plus balls last year. Ingram's an accomplished receiver. Even Trent Richardson can catch the football. People don't realize 6'3", 247 pounds of Derrick Henry coming out of the backfield catching a wheel route is going to be a sight to see. I really think this guy, this is his chance. If he gets off to a hot start, which I think he's going to, I think you can see this guy getting 15 to 20 touches a game easy, and he is by far the goal line and red zone running back. I just think this is Derrick Henry's year. I'm looking for about 1,200 yards and 13 to 15 touchdowns rushing. I think another two or 300 receiving on top of that. In order for the Tennessee team to be successful, in order for Marcus Mariota to be successful, those statements have to be true. Mm-hmm. Without a question. You have a guy that can beat up offenses, that can beat up defenses, soften defenses, wear down defenses. That guy should be toting that rock all through that first half, mm-hmm. part, of the, part of the third quarter, so that by the time the, the fourth quarter is coming, they're huffing and puffing. Now you throw out there, a little Dion Lewis, a little bit more now for that change in speed as they're beaten up. 
with that, you give Mariota a good play action, that right. one that's believable. No, I, 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 I like the fact that it's a sleeper because, to me, the success of that team, the success of Mariota taking that step uh, in general really does run through him. You mentioned the goal Not line. Point. Right. You mentioned the goal line and the importance right. that this young man now has to do. And I believe that he could step up. I think that having DeMarco Murray there kind of left him a little disheartened that he was the guy. Now, now you look at him. Everybody knows, well, they didn't bring Dion Lewis in to be the guy. They brought him in to be the passing back and all that, that he really has to be the guy. I think the mindset is what's going to help get some of what we have yet to see out of Derrick Henry. So I like I like the pick. Dr. Foreman is my AFC running back sleeper. Talking about a guy, 6'1", 235, November 19th last year, went down with a ruptured Achilles tendon. Now, people are wondering, how could you give this guy as a sleeper when he's currently on the pup and might not play those first six games? Because it doesn't matter. In the end, see, I think he's the guy that you have on your bench, not for the first what's going to happen the first half of the year, but for the second half of the year. See, because like regardless, that. yeah, you got to think ahead. This is this isn't a pick that it's going to help you at the beginning of the year. See, right. you're still talking about a guy as a sophomore ran for seven point one per carry on ninety four carries. Then they did decided, okay, well, let's see what he does if they if he totes the rock a little bit more as a junior. Well, he toted the rock at, at a pace of three hundred and twenty three carries for six point three per. Now, you do the math at home, that's 2,028 yards as a junior in Texas. Now, let's take a look at what stands in his way. When he comes, let's say he doesn't start out the season. Let's let's go worst case scenario. He stays on the pup, doesn't come back until after week six. Here's what stands in his way. A Lamar Miller running out of gas. A 27-year-old, okay, fourth former fourth-round pick from the – beloved Dolphins, that is running out of gas. You've gotten all that you're ever going to get out of this fourth-round pick, folks. In 2014, he had a 5.1 yards per carry. In 2015, he had a 4.5 yards per carry. In 2016, a 4.0 yards per carry. He's losing a half a yard a year here. Okay. To 2015... Uh, I'm sorry, 2017, 3.7 yards per carry last year. That is not going to keep it. That is not going to allow him to keep that job when you have a young man that is 6'1", 235, and can explode when he wants. Well, and, and just to throw something on top of that, we're talking about a guy that was Mr. High School Football in the state of Texas. We're talking about a guy who was the top nation's top running back when he played for the University of Texas 
So we're mm-hmm. talking about a guy that, oh, he plays in Houston, which happens to be in Texas. This kid's a, a hometown folk hero on top of that. There's there's a lot, of, a lot of fans that are clamoring for this, and Bill O'Brien's shown in the past that he's willing to bend to the will of the fans a little bit uh, to give them what they want. At least it, it appears that way. And I can tell you one thing about Lamar Miller being a Dolphins fan. We actually figured something out before somebody else did in Miami. This kid is a change of pace, five to eight touch a game kind of guy. He's not a bell cow back. Houston didn't understand that, and they signed him to a big contract. I agree with the jester. I don't think it's long before Foreman's uh, the lead dog. Well, and, and like I said, you keep going down over the years, over the year, over the mm-hmm. uh, When you see a pattern like that, a half a yard every yep. year for four years straight, that's a pattern, folks. That's a, that's oh, a it's, fluke. Yeah. That's a no, distinct pattern. So um, I think they've just gotten as much as you can out of a fourth-round pick. Uh, he's worn out, okay? Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. Uh, I guess I've avoided the NFC running back boom long enough. The controversial number one running back on my list. Folks, I hope everybody's okay. You know, there's people losing their shit out there. <laughs> There are people losing their shit. You know, I have to laugh, folks. I I, I love you all, but there's some people out there you would think I had said Marlon Mack would be the number one overall back in fantasy PPR leagues this year. I said the guy that was fifth overall in in most people's world. He's coming in in fifth. And I'm talking Alvin Kamara, folks. I have him as first. I'm sorry. I don't necessarily always agree with the rest of the world. You know, I mean, I have Kelsey there at, at one in tight ends. That's that's pretty much a long chalk, isn't it? It's pretty close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No? Pretty close, yeah. I mean... No, I mean, you still got a Joku in there, but we won't get it back into that. So. Heavens to Betsy. You gotta, I'm talking about the number one, okay? Right. You know, okay. I, 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 a wide receiver, I have Hopkins, a believable number one, because people yeah, have Yeah, on that is Antonio Brown. Yeah, but still, Hopkins is what, two, maybe three on most people's boards? Yeah, I mean, Odell, Hopkins, and, and, and Brown are your top three pretty much consensus across the board for the most part. So at five, Kamara has sent people over the flipping edge. Right. In a PPR, mind you, you did you did specify that. PPR, folks. Okay, let me just explain to everybody what I'm seeing. You know, once again... Let's pull out something. You know, we talked about Jimmy Graham early. I talked about Clay. I talked about Trubisky. You know, once upon a time, a back that this resembles, okay, to me, a guy that just can pull something out of the blue. Back in 2009, I had said that CJ2K would get 1,700 yards. And I was uh, (laughs) – I was called a lot of good things at that point, and um, it ended up 
that's how he got the name CJ2K when he got 2,000 yards. So, yeah, while I was out of my mind, apparently I wasn't far enough out of my mind because there I was taking a guy that had gotten 1,200 yards the year before. And, wow, you're calling for more? You're calling for more? It was a fluke. He got that much last year as a rookie. Oh, okay. Yeah, shut up. Okay, sit back. Watch. Let me show you something. 5'11", 203, CJ2K, Alvin Kamara, 5'10", 2'10". While not as fast, okay, he has a little bit more muscle. CJ2K had over 300 carries to get that 2,006 yards, okay? Alvin Kamara last year, okay, 120 carries, 6.1 per carry. Better than CJ's 5.6. He had 81 receptions, 81 as a rookie. I, I was just throwing that. I, you can't make that up. He had that. No, you really okay. can't. No. CJ2K never caught that much out of the backfield, folks. He had se- he had 71 targets, 50 catches for 503 yards that year. Okay. This is a PP. Our league, it, those add up, okay? So when I sit here and I'm looking at CJ2K and how his, he just, the definition of boom onto the scene, I see the same thing with Kamara. Kamara's got talent. Tamara, Kamara's got speed. He's got elusiveness. He's got hands. So, here, let me play devil's advocate for a second, because I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm not saying I agree with you. Just playing devil's advocate on this question. So, mm-hmm. how much of that production was because he had a guy like Mark Ingram to pound the defense and keep him fresh throughout the game, whereas now you're looking at a guy who's basically going to be taking three-quarters to 80% of the touches in that backfield you know, you see where I'm going with this. How much of that was due to a Mark Ingram doing what you said Derrick Henry needs to do, which is pound, pound, pound the ball into the line of scrimmage, wear those guys well, down. See, he's still going to get – They brought, that's why they brought in Vereen. Somebody – well, no, listen, they only have to get through the first four games. But you see, that's where Kamara is going to get a lot of his – Yards that he wouldn't normally get rushing. See, he's still only going to get two. It's not like he's going to get 300 carries, folks. I'm not saying that. But at 6.1 per, you don't need 300 carries. If you got 240 carries, I'm calling me personally. I'm saying Kamara is good for 240 carries because those first four games, he's going to get more carries than he normally would. And then, yes, Ingram is going to be able to spell him for the other 12 for some of those carries. Yes, he's not going to get 300-plus carries. I'm not saying that. But I am saying 240. I'm saying 1,300 yards. I'm saying nine touchdowns. To think that a guy that last year had 81 receptions has 89 this year isn't out of the question. I'm sorry. It isn't that big of a reach. 
to think that a guy that, okay, on 120 carries last year, he put up over 700 yards. I'm saying double those carries and lessen the yards per carry, and he's still getting 1,300. Okay. What's the over-under 5.5 yards per carry? What am I? Hold on. Uh, I'll do, let me do the, let me do the math. Let me do the math. We've got, uh, I'm saying 1344 divided by 240. I'm giving them 5.6 a carry. Okay, you're over. Nice. Okay. I'm giving him 5.6 a carry. He had 6.1 last year. So I'm calling for less yards per carry, but more carries. I'm calling for mm-hmm. eight more receptions, but more yards per. Mm-hmm. Okay. But because he's getting the more yards at the beginning, okay, when Ingram's gone, you're going to see his touchdown total be a little bit. I got him for nine rushing touchdowns because he is going to be toting the rock. Uh, I I just see this as a perfect storm to go ahead and a guy that maybe you wouldn't normally see as many rush yards for, like McCaffrey. You're not going to see a lot. You're going to see maybe a thousand, maybe a thousand rush yards, but you're going to see 92 receptions. Wow, way to, way to take my boom guy there, man. Appreciate that. Well, that's how I was leading into it. <laughs> I just figured you wanted to thunder on both of those. That's all. I mean, you are the jester, so. No, no, no. You're going to call me out and tell me if I was wrong or right, and then you was going to go. No, I actually have him as my boom. No, and you were he caught finish 80 it. balls last year. Caught 80 balls last year, five touchdowns, 651 yards on those 80 catches uh, behind Jonathan Stewart for most mm-hmm. of the season. I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to see his rushing numbers jump as the starting running back that much. I think maybe another 80 carries on top of the 117 that he put up last year, so around 200 carries. Looking at a guy that through the first half of the season averaged about 3.6 a carry. Over the second half of the season, was able to increase that to 4.4 yards per carry. So I think the game started slowing down for this kid, uh, getting a little bit more comfortable. That read option that Cam Newton runs has to be an adjustment for these running backs. You never know what Cam's going to do. Is Cam going to hand you the ball? Is Cam going to go, oh, it's all about me. I'm Cam Newton. So let me run with the football because I win all the glory. That's the wild card in my boom pick for the NFC is what does Cam Newton do with the football but overall, I see this kid getting around 1,300, 1,400 yards of total offense. I think he improves on his seven total touchdowns from last season up around 10 or 11 this year. This is a guy that I think you can get in the second round. You look at his ADP, I've seen him going second and third round in some leagues. Um, I don't know if there's a stigma with the whole right white running back thing. I've heard it from several people. Yeah. Take advantage of the situation. You got a kid that can catch the football, especially in PPR leagues. We just got done talking about Jester's boom pick and Alvin Kamara catching 81 balls. Well, this guy caught 80 and five touchdowns to go with that. So, this is a guy you can get a couple rounds in. And I think this is a guy that's your NFC boom for me at running back. I have him down for 10 overall touchdowns, so we're close. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have him for a thousand yards. Oh, see, I don't have him running there. I have him in the seven, six, seven, eight hundred range, probably more like seven, seven fifty. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's a. I just don't think he's a big enough guy to give the ball more than two hundred times. 
And if you say we go by your, you know, we go by yours, it, it, that would, be, would put him at, you know, 200 carries on 4.4 would put him at what? Right around 800 yards. See, I could see, you know, I could see that. Um, I have 92 of the receptions based on an interesting stat that I didn't know until I think I read it yesterday or, uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, I have him as he, he was the third, he was third in all of all running backs and receptions as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I found that a lot. I, I found that fascinating. For the people that say he won't hold up, though, see, I have a little bit of an argument for that. I, and I really do think that we're talking about a guy who has thousand yard back potential in him. You talk about that he's small, and, and people I keep hearing he's small, he's small, and no. I hate to say this, but I keep hearing not that he's small. People don't want to say what you said earlier. He's white. Small? Kiss my ass. CJ2K was 5'11", 203. This kid's 5'11", 205. Was CJ2K too small? Alvin Kamara is an inch shorter and has him by five pounds. Is Alvin Kamara too small? Maybe you were onto oh, something no. there. Maybe so. I'm just saying, it's though. I'm tired of hearing he's too small. He's not too small. Was Barry yeah, Sanders too small? Pro- was Emmett too small? You couldn't tackle Barry Sanders in a phone booth was the problem with that guy. You just couldn't get your damn hands on him. <laughs> and you can't get your I mean, hands that- on Christian McCaffrey at times. You ever see him? Oh. People grab more air than I've seen in a long time around that kid. Well, we saw it the other night on that 71-yard reception against the Dolphins as three guys, including Pro Bowl safety Rashad Jones, grabbed nothing but air. Yeah. That's not a cra- – and, folks, if you don't know who Rashad Jones is, shame on you. That's a very good safety right there. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, all right, listen. Going on. Boom. We got Because we got to get the quarterbacks yet. <laughs> Uh, Ah. RB bust. bust. Ah. Go ahead. Oh, this one, this guy has bust written all over him. Guy that didn't get more than 15 carries in any game last year after he was sent out of Miami. Philadelphia running back Jay Ajayi averaged 3.7 yards per carry for the season for the Eagles. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl ring. Didn't have anything to do with him. It had a lot to do with the Super Bowl game with a guy that I think is really going to hurt him this year, Corey Clement. I talked about this kid last year. talked about a guy 100 yards receiving in the Super Bowl, a touchdown. We talked about it. It's a much more gifted natural runner than Jay Ajayi. And, oh, by the way, unlike Jay Ajayi, this kid can actually pick up the blitz, and he understands blocking assignments. There's a reason why Adam Gase banned this guy from Miami. He, even though it was Jay Cutler and he deserved to get squashed, this kid missed so many blocking assignments because he doesn't pay attention. He doesn't care. It's all about him. It's all about Jay Ajayi. We're also talking about a guy that's got bone on bone in his knee. That knee's a ticking time bomb, which is why another reason why Miami got rid of him. There's a reason why a first-round talent dropped to the fifth round in the draft where Miami got this kid. 
I don't think we're going to see a whole lot from this kid, this kid this year, whether he stays healthy or not, because you've already got Nick Foles banged up now, and you got Carson Wentz coming off a knee injury. All it takes is one missed blocking assignment from this from this kid, and Philadelphia season's over. He's not that bad of a running back, but I also don't see him going in the second round like I do in these drafts. He's my bust this season. We're talking about a guy that's not going to get more than three and a half yards of carry. Yeah, I. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned about the uh, bone on bone in his knee. One of the biggest reasons uh, besides that is the Philly offense, I swear, folks, is going to keep looking more and more like that New England offense. Go ahead. Guess who's going to be hot this week? Good luck. Right. Good luck. Is it Wendell Smallwood? Is it Pumphrey? Is it Clement? Is it a giant? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, who we who we playing with? Okay. I, I can see weeks where a week where it wasn't oh. Ertz, but it was this guy. And it, I mean, just I'm telling you, I see I see an unpredictable offense there. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback's going to be. It won't matter. It won't matter at all. No. So, no, I, I like you what know, you're saying about a guy. God. And, and as you know, in one of our leagues, I actually kept Corey Clement as one of my keepers in our dynasty league. Again, you watch this kid through the end of the season and through that playoff run. Doug Peterson did miss that with this kid. He's a nice sleeper to get. He's not my sleeper for this, but he's somebody to keep your eye on later in drafts. No, real quick, because uh, I want to do. I, I definitely want to hit those quarterbacks real quick. Jordan Howard is currently going tenth off the board. I think people Oof. are drunk on that one. Tariq Howard, yeah. uh, Tariq Cohen is uh, much, much uh, going to see much more time than Howard owners will ever want. They're going to be going to Shaheen. They're going to be going. They're going to be going to Trey Burton. They're going to be going to Robinson. They're going to be going to a whole host of people because Andrew Miller. Uh, yeah, yeah, Andrew Miller. I mean, let me tell you something, folks. This is not somebody that you want to take in the top ten at all in PPR leagues. I am sorry. Um, go ahead, sleeper. RB. Real quick. Love yeah. this kid. Kyle Shanahan made this kid the fifth highest paid running back in the league. Running back Jarek McKinnon. He sees his own Alvin Kamara. He said it. He, he said, when I put the tape onto this kid, I absolutely lost my mind. He loves what he sees from this. He sees him as his Devonta Freeman type of running back. The kid can catch the ball. He runs routes. He separates. He's got skills. This is a college quarterback, mind you, converted to running back by the Vikings, who just got paid after you know he took advantage of a Delvin Cook injury last season. He's in that Kyle Shanahan offense in Frisco. They just beefed up that offensive line in the draft through free agency. You got Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the football. I think Jarek McKinnon is a guy that needs to be going a lot higher in drafts than he is. Look for at least 1,300 total yards from him this season is my bet. Wow. How many? 1,300 total yards. Oh, total. Scared total. Me for a minute. Rush receiving. Interesting. Folks, I got a guy who's uh, – it's one of those picks. I can't. I can't sit here and tell you the level of you've got to be kidding me. When I take a look at my sleeper, 
he's probably the most talented running back on his team, and he'll miss the first two games. Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers is a guy that's going to miss the first two games. And then after that, notice I keep giving you guys that more towards the end of the year. Well, this is more towards uh, right after he gets back because they really don't have a back that compares to what he can do. If you missed what he's done at UTEP, I'll give you some examples. It's sophomore year, 1,321 yards for 5.5 per and 11 touchdowns. And, uh, you know, to follow that up, uh, he went his junior year for 229 carries, 1,773 yards, 7.7 per carry, 17 touchdowns. He can also catch the ball out of the backfield. He caught in sophomore, junior year, a combined 58 passes for just short of 600 yards, okay, in those years. And six touchdowns. So he's a weapon out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles, run to the outside. He's got that speed. Again, Aaron Jones is somebody that you should own. He is a definite sleeper. He is not listed on the top 65. I have no freaking clue how that happens. Moving along. Uh, real quick, JT, you, I mean, do you see why? I mean, 65. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's I, listed I, I behind Wayne Goldman. Hmm. That's pretty sad. Um, that's really sad, actually. I, I he's listed behind thing, Wayne Goldman and Jonathan Stewart. I would say the only thing that, that really that I could come up with for why he would be getting knocked is he's still got Williams. He's still got Ty Montgomery. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of a three-headed monster. You know, who knows what McCarthy, I think McCarthy knows what he's doing sometimes with some of the play calling and some of the personnel decisions he makes uh, absolutely baffle me. But on pure talent alone, this guy has to be in the top, you know, you figure in our, for example, in our league, 14 team league. So you got two running backs per team. That's 28. You'd think he'd be one of the top 28 running backs in the league at this point. But uh, yeah, I, I can't, can't tell you what some of these other people are thinking. Let's hit him real quick. Let's give him the quarterbacks. AFC boom. Hit it. Uh, we, we're talking a guy that you talked about last week, a guy that I think just wants to stick it to management for drafting Mason Rudolph. I think Big Ben uh, 20, will capitalize on that 28 touchdowns and over 4,000 yards that he put up last year, having a full starting Juju Schuster. You got that kid Washington that they drafted to play the slot, and he can handle that third receiver role. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell out of the backfield, James Conner, who's getting no love. I think Big Ben goes over 4,000 passing yards. And I have him at 34 touchdown passes. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Ben last year, folks, eighth overall in leagues. Okay. He was 16th the year before showing people that, hey, you know, he's getting older, but people thinking he's going to fall off. No. Two years ago, 16th. Last year, eighth. I think this year, again, you're looking at the eighth overall quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. With a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. My guy, I'm giving, okay, I'm sorry, AFC boom has to go to Deshaun Watson, 6'3", 220, 22 years old. We don't know his potential yet. Out of Gainesville, former national champ out of Clemson, 2016, 12th overall pick. I'm calling for, listen, the kid had 61.8% in the six games started. 
Do you know in six games started, he had almost 1,700 yards, 19 touchdowns. You understand that in six games, he averaged three touchdowns a game. That if you extrapolate that over uh, a, a full schedule, that that is 4,530 yards, folks. That he averages 7.4 a carry. I mean, he is a weapon to run. He is an arm. He's not afraid to throw it. He's got great, great weapons around him. Fuller with the speed is is emerging. If he can stay there, I mean, he's been emerging. And, of course, you got Hopkins on the outside. And I'm telling you, this is a kid that's ready. 4,200 yards, 31 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. I'm calling for that. And uh, I, I feel pretty confident in that, making him my AFC boom. Moving along to AFC bust. Uh, everybody widely knows I have called for Mahomes as a bust for oh. this season. Again, <laughs> I'm putting the caveat on for this season. Uh, AFC bust will continue on. JT, who are you giving? I would go with Phillip Rivers. Yes, he threw for 4,500 yards last year. Yes, he threw for 28 touchdowns. I think he's a fringe quarterback one. I think he's drafted a lot higher than he should be. We're talking about a guy who doesn't have the deep arm that he used to. And let's be honest, his arm likes to write checks that his ass can't cash these days. Lack of weapons, lack of offensive line help. I think we finally start to see the old man show some chinks in the armor. Phillip Rivers is my AFC bust. Uh, I'm not 100% sold on that because uh, the pass is out the backfield. I understand Keenan Allen may or may not. But the guy that I think everybody is forgetting is the former seventh overall pick the year before, Mike Williams. I'm hearing Mike Williams is going to go ahead and be that red zone target as they go into a year without a true weapon at tight end. Right. This is the guy that you're going to be looking for as a red zone target, folks, and probably a pretty decent uh, guy to look at as a flex wide receiver, maybe a wide receiver three in Mike Williams because they really they, they don't have big weapons. And a guy that, like I said, seventh overall. Uh, so uh, I don't think it's going to be one of Phillip Rivers' best years, a complete bust. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't You're know. You're higher on Mike Williams than me. You're higher Mike Williams. Probably. I'm not a Mike and Williams that's guy. probably the difference. Yeah. I am definitely higher on Mike Williams than I am uh, probably a lot of people. I like Mike Williams. I think he's going to step up a little bit, be that red zone target. AFC sleeper. Um, go ahead. You kick this one off, and then I'll. Huh? Let's go back. Let's go back to Oakland or Las Vegas. Talk about Chucky, his quarterback, Derek Carr, guy that struggled mightily last year. How much of that struggle was due to Amari Cooper not being able to catch a cold last season, dropping every ball known to mankind? A little bit of a little bit of you know influx at the left and right tackle position. I think Chucky gets that solidified. I think he is a positive. I mean, this guy made Brad Johnson a good quarterback in Tampa. I can't wait to see what kind of uh, positive influence he has on Derek Carr. I think the Mari Cooper, they said and everything says he's back to form. Jordy Nelson, Ryan Switzer, Martavis Bryant. I think we see a big year from Derek Carr. Okay. Uh, I'm going – sorry, uh, it's not a homer pick. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, folks. 
I, I know a lot of people like to bash this guy. He is the 26th quarterback being taken. He is currently 8% owned. Uh, I'm not sold on their defensive line, and I'm not sold on their left corner across from Howard, you know, with McCain and, or, or Tankersley playing that other corner. Right. I think this right. defense is going to get scored on, which is going to help the idea that, you know, he's going to have to be throwing. But, folks, let's take a look at something with, with Tannehill because, you know, he had two years with Sherman as his OC, you know, a, a, as a rookie, came in, two years with Sherman, two years with Laser. okay? Now he's had a little time now to be with Gage and Christensen, all right? And after his rookie year, you have to understand, even with all these changes, He's never been below 60% completion. 2016, his last year that he played, 67.1 was a career best. Now, also understand that over that time, he only threw over 13 interceptions once back in 2013. Three years of a QBR of 88.7 or better. I, I don't understand how people aren't paying attention to what this young man, how he's progressing through the, the mess that was the Philbin era and the two OCs there. Now, at the end, and I've given this stat before, and I'm going to give it one more time. In that 2016 year, the last one, the last 10 games played, he was the seventh best rated QBR passer in the NFL. QBR, seventh overall the last 10 games. These are the things that people will miss if you're not watching a Florida team or you're just a hater of Tannehill. You'll miss these little things, these little numbers. You'll miss stills running Juice's routes. You're going to miss what's happened down in Miami between Tannehill and Amendola. Folks, it looks like they have played together for years. They are making the same reads together already. Like they've played for a while together. This is a guy that, I'm sorry, 8% owned. People are going to learn. Because I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to have about 4,000 yards, maybe 4,100. I'm going to tell you right now. All right. Anyway, keep it going. NFC, boom. Hit it. I'll give you a guy. You go. Here's his, here's yeah, it's my guy. So here. we both agree here's on this three-year one. Three-year average. three-year average on this guy in yeah. Washington, where his best receiver was Jamison Crowder, who we've already discussed. He averaged over three years, 4,392 yards a season passing, 27 touchdowns with a 67% completion percentage and had absolutely buckets at wide receivers on that Washington Redskin team. We're talking Kirk Cousins. Now we're talking Kyle Rudolph, Dalvin Cook out of the backfield, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Laquan Treadwell, who I think shows some people something this year. A guy named Stacy Coley that people better start listening to that name because this kid's going to be a superstar once he gets his opportunity to play. Kirk Cousins is going to have a huge year. 
think of the numbers he put up with the Terrell Priors and Jamison Crowders and Josh Doxons of the world. Now look at the talent he has. Oh, by the way, he plays eight games in a dome as well, so he doesn't have mm-hmm. as much weather, that cold, nasty D.C. weather to deal with. I think this guy's going to have an absolutely enormous season. Kirk Cousins, minus the boom. Yeah, I I, I have him as uh, definitely very, very high on my list. Uh, that article will be coming out on fantasychestersports.com on Monday. Tomorrow you'll be able to read my reasoning behind my RB list on fantasygestersports.com. Miami Sunglasses, want to thank them for a great show tonight. Want to thank 84 Lumber for a great show tonight. As we go ahead and wrap up NFC QB bust, I've got Jameis. See, everybody thinks, oh, Homer, Homer. Well, you know what? I live closest to Tampa of the three teams. Follow them. He's borderline. He is a borderline person, okay? He could be good, but there's always too much going on around him. He's a guy that, in my opinion, should be traded right after Jason Light gets fired, okay? And that'll be right after this season. To me, this is a team that does not need a leader like this you start over with a draft pick or a free agent next year. Now, I'm saying that he's a bust this year. I'm not saying that he's a bust for a career, though. See, I'm the type of person that believes that for somebody like him, a change of scenery would be good. Away from Florida would be good. The worst thing that happened was him staying in Florida around the same dumbass people that will allow him to continue to grow up. If he was able to be away from some of these people, I think it would help him age and mature a little bit into the quarterback that he could be. It's not going to happen in Tampa. I think he's worn out as welcome. I think when Fitzmagic goes in there and plays well, all right, and then he comes back, and throws off the team chemistry for a game or two. And then you throw in a couple of bad games during the season. Now you're four games that are crappy, in my opinion, out of the 13 that he's going to play. Without a question. Not giving the Bucks a good perspective at mm-hmm. all. On their season, right. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, JT, your 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 bust. Huh. Uh, do you My believe me on Jameis right or what? I don't think Jameis is even relevant at this point. You look at his draft position. I think it kind of kind of goes back to some of the Jameis and Crowder talk. I don't even think the guy's getting drafted high enough to be considered a bust at this point, which still lends credence to what you're saying. Um, I agree with everything you're saying. I just don't think people are people are over him. People are tired of him. I don't think people are paying attention to him at this point. If it wasn't for Harvey, they got him going year, ahead of people. Wouldn't be paying. They got him going that. ahead of Manning. Hmm. I they, think they got him going are... ahead of Tannehill. Okay. You agree? I'm not a Jameis guy. I never have been. Oh. I've never been a Jameis guy. I never will. Jameis Winston's going to be better this year than Eli Manning, folks. You're shitting me, right? I don't think so. Oh, okay. But I think go ahead. So you were given. Go ahead. 
Yeah. So, right. Oh my God. As I was saying, right here yeah, in Dallas, Texas. Oh my God. Dak Prescott, and this is more of a knock on what he doesn't have around him. That's why I have him as a fantasy bust. Let's be real. No Jason Witten. No Des Bryant, which could be a good thing. <clears throat> Terrence Williams is a fringe receiver, number three receiver at best. Alan Hearns at best, no matter who wants to say otherwise, is a number two receiver. Alan Hearns is not a lead dog. Yeah, they got the rookie Michael Gallup. We'll see what yeah. Michael Gallup says when he plays in the pros with the big boys. He's not going against Mountain West type of schools. I want to see what this guy can do against NFL corners and NFL safeties. This is going to be all about Zeke Elliott. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to run the wheels off Zeke, 350-plus touches. I think he'll catch a couple balls coming out of the backfield, but he's not a prolific receiver, let's be honest. And, again, no Jason Witten. The tight end position is just as bare as old Mother Hubbard's covers. So let's be real. Less than 3,000 yards passing for Dak Prescott. I'm avoiding Dak in all leagues, not because of Dak, because he's got nothing around him. Uh, I believe Dak could be a bust this year. Uh, I have him in a dynasty league, so automatically I believe for sure, without a question, he'll suck this year. And uh, <laughs> I will be uh, looking to hopefully uh, upgrade at some point, somehow, some way. Uh, you never know. We'll see how that all goes. Uh, and by the way, thanks for reminding me that our draft is tomorrow. I was thinking that it was next week and uh, no. completely missed it. Would have completely you missed it. Them. Two and five. Uh, wow, sugar. I did not know that. Um, I thought it was next week, to be honest with you. Uh, real quick, folks, sleeper. We both are given Trubisky. We'll give that. We'll give that and more next week. Uh, but, but that that that's our wrap up there of the quarterbacks and uh, sleeper Trubisky. Yeah, without a question. We'll we'll go into that more next week. JT, good stuff, man. Absolutely. And you wonder why. Look for. Yeah, looking forward to having you at the draft tomorrow. Yeah, well, hey, listen, I would have missed it, so thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Good stuff as always. Huh? Folks, and, uh, you know, getting to what JT was talking about earlier, about FXE and all that, we're trying to put together. It's not a secret that we go ahead. We love doing wrestling shows, and more so we love helping charities. Uh, for those of you who don't know much about the Jester, we do this. We love being able to bring you the best sports, great guests when we have our guests and all that stuff. But we do it to use this platform for good. We use this platform to help children, whether it's through Make-A-Wish or wrestling events through FXE. And that's what's going to be coming up. We're working out. We're hammering out details. We have narrowed it down to two venues. We have about a half a dozen of the wrestlers coming back and, uh, <laughs> going to be interesting there how that breaks down because uh, some of them have uh, completely disappeared uh, like Joey Cage has just run and, and is still running haven't heard from him so it'll be interesting we've got Mako, Renegade he, and all that guys but was he ever really here was he ever really here let's be honest he fought a cook yeah yeah exactly um, and you know what folks seriously though uh, FXE let's pay attention to what's going on we're thinking about some bands. We've got a whole big show that you're going to, if you're in the Florida uh, area for sure, you're going to want to definitely make sure you catch. And uh, 
Uh, never mind. I'll tell you what. We're going to talk more about FXC next week because I, I really I need more time to go into some of what's going to be going on. So tune in next week. Thanks so much, everybody. As always, I am the Jester, and I am out of here. Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. That's right. You know, as we come back off of the commercial, and it is.